Hi everybody, welcome to this Sunday morning. It's so great to be together again. I'm Jen and this is Bates, my lovely husband, and we are so excited to be your host for this morning. To start off, we have some family news that we would like to share with you. Awesome. So one of the highlights of my year last year and our year was doing Alpha together and seeing the whole church uh, kind of rally around this Alpha idea and inviting our family and friends to come and explore Christianity, to come and explore faith, life and meaning together with us. And it's it saw, I think it was 20 groups start online, was it babe? And, or even more than that. And uh, many people are coming to faith in Jesus for the first time. One of the, our highlights was seeing two guys in our group uh, coming to faith for the first time. It was just amazing. Yeah. And so the good news is that we are running two Alpha courses again this year. Uh, one starting the 12th of April and then one in August again. I think that's 12th of April, about four weeks away. So it's soon. And uh, we're just really excited. Um, and our question to you is, who will you invite this year to come and be part of the Alpha course, to come and explore faith, life, and meaning through this incredible course. Uh, if you want to facilitate a group or you want to invite people to join Alpha, why don't you get in contact with us and we'd love to follow up with you. We've had an incredible seven-week series so far, diving into prayer and faith, and Bates and I have really loved it. So we just want to share with you a few things that have stood out for us. What was the thing that stood out to you most, babe? Uh, it was actually the sermon that I got to preach, which was really cool, around the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer, and just how it's an us prayer, communal prayer. It's not a selfish thing. It's our Father in heaven. It's a give us this day our daily bread. And so that's really helped me in my prayer life. I'm not just praying me prayers, but our prayers. How about for you, Love? I have been really encouraged and was really encouraged by Johannes's preach um, when he pre- preached on praying in accordance with God's will. Mm. And um, there was a moment that he made for us to share the trials that we've been through and um, how God has answered our prayers in that. Uh, You were there, so you would know. (laughs) And um, yeah, I was really encouraged by that, sharing um, all the trials and the hardships that we've been through through the last couple of years. I was there Um, for those two. You were there for those two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And realizing that God has really strengthened my faith Mm. and built my trust in him, which... um, I didn't actually realize that I hadn't had before Mm. um, to this extent, Um, but I really feel like God has really deepened my faith and my trust in Him. And Mm. I now am so confident that when I pray in accordance with His will, um, He he will answer, whether it's yes or not yet or no, He will answer it in accordance with His will and it will be for my good and for His glory. What a cool series it's been uh, right throughout uh, the the seven weeks. Um, Just learned so much about prayer and faith and Man, how prayer is just crucial to who we are as Christians and everything we do. And so we're going to land the series this week. We're going to wrap it up uh, week eight. And we decided to mix it up a bit and uh, hear from a few one-hopers how prayer has just been pivotal in their lives, what they've learned about prayer, how to pray, why they pray. And we're just really excited to hear from a bunch of one-hopers this morning. And so here we go. Uh, Here are a bunch of one-hopers sharing their prayer stories. Why do I pray? So Having been asked this question, and why is prayer important, and what have I learned about prayer, um, it made me think about how I grew up. I grew up in a in a non-Christian home where the only prayer that was said was grace, and the quicker you said it, the quicker you could eat, and it was it had no meaning. It was just a, a ritual that we used to do. So we never used to pray out loud. We never used to pray in a group. So becoming a teenager 
um, becoming a Christian and a teenager, of suddenly having to to pray out loud and to pray in a group was incredibly overwhelming and very intimidating. So it's taken a very long time to to get over that fear of praying out loud and praying together with other people. But that's not what prayer is about. My best favorite verse of the Bible speaks about prayer. So it's Philippians 4 from verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And this verse speaks to me and and I can is um, testimony to the peace that prayer brings me. So I do suffer a little bit from anxiety and by coming to God in those anxious times, giving thanks for the things that, and the prayers that have already been answered, and then presenting all your anxious thoughts and your concerns and your and your requests, and just coming before God and and telling Him what is on your mind, what is concerning you, is the best <laughs> de-stressor in the world. So it brings that incredible peace. It brings um, and it guards your hearts and minds. So prayer for me is is a, a very personal thing and is answer to my anxiety and my concerns because by coming to God, it de-stresses you, it focuses you, it brings you into the right place spiritually, emotionally and physically. You're just focusing on, on this incredible God. It allows us also to focus on other people. That is why I pray. Hi, Wanobas. Thank you that I can share a few thoughts with you. It's really a privilege. I've been a Christian for many, many years. And somewhere in the middle, um, there was one day that changed my life. We were at a seminar. And that night in the hotel room, I was crying out to God and saying, Father, I miss something. These people around me has got something that I don't have. What is it? Immediately in my spirit, I heard, you are not spending enough time with me. What? Me? I'm so busy. I'm busy in church life. I'm, I'm busy all of these, doing all these things. But I changed. Immediately. I started reading the word. I was hungry. I was reading and I was praying and I had a relationship with the Lord. Today I can say, my Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My go-to scripture in my prayer life, almost on a daily basis, is Hebrews 4.16. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. Help coming just when we need it. It says, I can come, 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 confidently, fear, uh, fearlessly, boldly, where to? To the throne of grace, to God's presence, 
because Jesus is in me. For what? To receive mercy and to receive help in any situation. I can cry out, Father, help. It's a safe space where I can be honest, I can be myself, I can be free. It's an open invitation. And then there are times that I can't come boldly, that I don't know what to ask, that I, I don't know what the Lord wants when I'm scared. And then I've got another scripture to go to, and that is Romans 8, 26 to 28. So too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplications and pleads in our behalf. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what's in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is. Because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints, according to and in harmony with God's will. That is my answer. If I don't know how to pray, here it says, for we do not know what prayer to offer. The Holy Spirit is doing it for me. Because the Holy Spirit knows what is on God's mind. He is God. And you know, the beauty of that is verse 28 that says, We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good too and for those who love God and are, are called according to His design and purpose. I can come to God. I can come boldly. Or I can come if I'm not bold. The Holy Spirit is there to help me. I just pray that the Holy Spirit will come and touch each and every one of us when we pray. Because we cannot do it on our own. The, the, the invitation is open. It's open. Come, come. So this morning I'm going to be sharing with you one conviction uh, that's really helped me with prayer. And in simple words, it is this, that prayer causes things. Um, so I'm a person who has a bit of an extreme view of the sovereignty of God. Most of the time that will then affect my prayer life because my view tends to um, say that if God is sovereign and God is in control of everything, then why pray? Um, so a big lesson for me has been more so, why should we pray more than how do we pray? Um, and this is something that I'm constantly learning. And the kind of two key passages out of that are, one of them is actually from the Lord's Prayer that we dealt with a few weeks ago. Um, and specifically the part where Jesus says that we should pray to God that his kingdom will come. And um, second is just in James 4 where it speaks about how we um, don't have because we don't ask basically. And um, I think really foundational for me was understanding that our prayers are part of the causality of what God does in the world. So God being sovereign and in his wisdom ordained that the things that he sovereignly ordains that kind of uh, slipped and folded into that as a cause of those things happening is prayer. Um, 
And an easy way to understand that is looking at the Lord's Prayer where Jesus says that we should pray for the Kingdom of God to come. So if our prayers didn't matter and our prayers didn't change anything, Jesus would instruct us to pray that the Kingdom would come. But a right understanding would see that what Jesus is saying, that your prayers play a huge role in the Kingdom of God coming. And that's why I'm calling you to pray. So for me, that's kind of being a really big conviction in understanding and balancing the truth of God's sovereignty and the role that prayer um, plays in our lives. So again, for me, a big realization is that prayer causes things. 21 jaar gelede, op 27 maart 2000, was ek in Charlotte Oranje Rivier. Die ochtend het die Heere vir my skrif gegeen, Psalm 33 vers 13. Ek sien al die mense kinders op aarde. Later die dag op die rivier het Charlotte Brein aneurysme gehad wat gebaas het. Hy moes onmiddellik weggewees het. Daar nacht het ek die Heere gesoebat, versoek, gepleit, gesmeek vir ons drie kinders, dat Charlotte net in die lewe moet bly. Ek het vir die Heere gesê, as hy die sterre jimmel gemaakt het, en wat ek gesien het, toe ek, soos ek opgekyk het en het gesien het, en hy sê, hy sien al die kinders op aarde, dan is hy al machtig genoeg om Sjaal te red. Ek weet nie wanneer die Heere um, die versoek, die gesmeek gehoor het nie, maar ek weet, ek kan 21 jaar later, kan ons sê, die Heere het gehoor, en um, ons dien een levende, almachtige God van wonenwerke, boon natuurlijk ver, boe wat ons kan dink of bid of vrouw. Na Sjaalse geneesing vraag die Heere om, om by die huis te kom werk vir homself, en ons begin een pad van afhankelijkheid stap. Ek rai op een dag by steers voorbij, en een van die kinders vraag vir my vir die roomhuisie. Ek moet vir haar sê, nee, ek kan nie dit koop nie, want dis een broodse geld, minder is een broodse geld, en daar is niks in my beers sê. Ek stop by die roboot en ek sê vir die heren, heren, hoe, hoe is dit, hoe werk dit? My hart krimp so in een vir die kind wat die roomhuisie vraag, en ek kan die roomhuis gee nie. Toe ek by die huis kom, sê Sjaaf my, daar te faktuur in betaal. Ons dien een wonderbare levende God. Op een stadium rai ek in die selfde situasie, daar is nie fondse nie. En die Heere sê vir my, ek kyk op na die berge waar sy my hoop vandaan kom. En ek sê vir my Heere, daar is niks, daar is nie fondse nie. Waar sal my hoop vandaan kom, as jy so almachtig is om hier die berge te doen, jyre, dan kan jy moos een inbetaling steer. En het was net die gedachte en net die gesels met die heren, terug by die huis, sê Sjaal vir my, daar te faktuur inbetaal. Ons dien een levende God, een God met wie ons kan praat, een God wat ons kan soek, een God wat om elke hoek en draai te vinde is. Over the years, through the grace of God, two Dear mentors, life's ups and down, and praying scripture, I have come into a deeper relationship with God our Heavenly Father and communion with Him. Prayer and praying aloud was always difficult for me as I could never find the right words nor pray eloquently off the cuff. As I studied Psalm 23 in depth and began to pray it and the Lord's Prayer, my faith deepened and my prayers for my family, friends and others have become more effective as I prayed scripture in a personal way. 
Sitting with my Bible and my prayer journal has become the joy of my heart. I still don't always get it right. But as Paul said, I have come to know that God is good, God is near, God hears, God is fair, God is able, God is kind, and God knows my name, and that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hebrews 4.16 Lord, let me come with confidence today and draw near to your throne of grace that I may receive your mercy and find your grace to help in time of need. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It's so amazing to see how God's been journeying uh, with various One Hopers through the years in their prayer lives and their prayer journeys as they grow in uh, confidence in Him and in intimacy with Him. Uh, and our next two testimonies are just awesome, displaying the power of God in answer to the prayers of His people. Josh Windus's mom, Sandy, from New Gen, Somerset West, shares how she persistently prayed for her son, Josh. Um, and then after that, Josh shares from his perspective uh, which was recorded after the 2019 student camp. Hey guys, I've been asked just to share around how we prayed for our Joshua uh, leading up to the 2019 student camp as well as just before. So as you know, Josh went on his own path and um, obviously as parents it was very hard for us. But one of the biggest prayers that we just prayed um, through all of it was that the things of this world, all the fleeting pleasures, would mean nothing for him. They would come to nothing. They would start to taste bitter in his mouth. We often prayed that. One of the other big ones is that as parents, we had really tried to honor God in his upbringing. And we had instilled things in him. We had taught the word. We had prayed together. And so we just also just kept going back to that scripture of train up a child and he will not depart from it. So we really leaned heavily on some of those scriptures as well as um, just praying into his identity that he would come to realize who he was in Christ and that he would be able to rest in that and find peace in that. Those few hours or a few days before the camp we really really felt strongly that the enemy was um, trying very very hard just to keep him away and there were real moments of um, fear on our part and real moments of crying out and trusting God and in those particular moments especially in the early hours of that morning we just prayed in tongues it's all we had we we didn't know um, we didn't know where he was we didn't know who he was with um, we just knew that God really wanted him at that camp and we just we just relied on him as a, a husband and wife we, we lay in bed and we just cried out to God for him in tongues Pretty much in a nutshell, we just tried so hard to rely on God's word because that's all we had. We didn't have anything else. How's it? How's it? Okay, let me just quickly switch on the video. Working? Hey. <laughs> okay, Josh. <laughs> yes. Would you like to tell me about your experience in the camp? Sweet. So, um, I'm just going to go for it. My parents started to go to church around when I was eight or nine years old. Um, I don't remember much about my life before church. Um, you know, I lived the typical Christian kid life, going to Sunday school, progressing to youth, becoming a youth leader. So after building my solid foundation 
turns out it wasn't so solid, probably because I um, built most of it by myself. Um, I had no idea why I was a Christian, but if someone asked me, I could give them the right answer. I could talk, I could walk, I could even pray like a Christian. And um, I, I do believe that in the past I experienced God in a real way. But um, as many of us do, I had those typical hidden sins that um, drag you down. I think I lived in a lot of condemnation. I didn't believe that this whole salvation that God giving you this free gift was, I didn't believe it. I thought that I had to do something. I thought that there was always me doing something and then God doing something or me doing something. And I didn't fully give it to God. I never surrendered, I guess. Um, so I would get pumped up after all these worship events or because of camps and then it would kind of just fade away slowly, slowly and I would continue to try and do it on my own and then just continue to fail over and over again. Then after school, to travel a lot, um, I was surrounding myself with people, with non-godly people, with people who sinned and didn't feel bad about it. Um, at this time, I, I, I guess I started to backslide a bit and um, I, I, I kind of, I was seeking that feeling that they had, that they were sinning and they didn't feel bad about it. And I, I kind of really wanted that because, you know, obviously I've been walking in a Christian home and every time I did something bad, I felt incredibly guilty, incredibly shamed because I lived in this condemnation place. So I, I, I worked towards trying to make it feel like those sins weren't bad. And um, I think I, I think I started to succeed eventually. Um, because I, I, I use the stuff that normal people use to delve down your conscience, like sex, drugs, alcohol, the whole shebang. Um, it felt, after a while, it, it kind of did. It started to feel like I wasn't living in condemnation because I, I no longer cared. Um, the highs I was getting seemed pretty worth it. The people I was with just accepted me because I was just as messed up as they were. All this time though, I, I still had some pretty loyal Christian friends, um, people that I am so grateful for, people that have, have been praying for me ever since, you know, what the whole backsliding episode, and um, I guess hoping in that promise that God never loses a sheep. And um, so people knew the way I was living. Uh, I was very open about the way I was living, uh, but in, in all honesty, I didn't care. I liked the way I, I was living. I thought, cool, finally, I don't have to be guilt. I don't have to live in shame or guilt. And I was, I, I felt pretty good. Um, in, in essence, I, I kind of liked the way I was living. And um, a month ago, um, you you invited me to the the, the camp, and um, you know, it, by this time I was pretty deep in sin, uh, using marijuana every day, multiple times a day. Uh, I couldn't sleep without marijuana. Um, and I probably shouldn't say this, um, but even on that camp, I had smoked a couple times and got pretty stoned. And the night before the camp, um, I didn't sleep at all because I got invited by a friend and I had used some pretty heavy drugs. Um, so, you know, I got to the camp and hadn't slept and all of the situation had happened. And the whole week before the camp, I was trying to figure out know why I had said yes like I didn't want to go nothing in me was like was fighting against this thing and um, I was trying to find an excuse not to go but by God's divine intervention he brought me there safely I enjoyed 
the camp, it was like so many I had been on before, but uh, in another way, like I had never experienced. Uh, God met with me as he had before, but something, I think something had changed in me. I came with a different attitude after the second day. I think I prayed for the first time in like a really, really long time. And um, I was honest with God. God, I don't want to stop smoking. I don't want to stop living the way I'm living. Most of all, I don't want to go back to you and just hate myself every day because I can't stop sinning. There's no ways I'm going back to that. Um, so I, I continued the prayer and I was, if you have a plan and a purpose for me, you are going to have to do everything. You're going to have to deliver me from my sin. You're going to have to show me your plan. You're going to have to make me want to change. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to show me something better, something better than getting stoned every day, something better than all of this. And um, <laughs> it was so funny, but it literally felt like God kind of said, you know, finally, Brie, it took you like a long, a long enough time. This is, this is what I've been trying to teach you. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do any of it by yourself. You can only do it if you rely on me completely. And um, I also felt him say, you know, I just want you to seek me, to worship me, to glorify me, and I will give you all these other things. You know, I'm a person who chases pleasure. Wherever I go, I just want the next best hire. I've done a lot of adventure stuff, I have all of this, and I honestly feel like all the, the highs that I've done up until this point, this feels like the best one. Like right now, the one that I'm experiencing, it's, it's the best high that I've ever had. And it's, it's one that is all fulfilling, one that doesn't leave you in, in a daze, but makes you feel like you're finally doing what you're supposed to do. And um, ever since the camp, I've prayed that God does it for me, uh, that He takes away my sin, that He gives me a desire to know Him, that He controls my future, that He brings about change in my heart, and that He makes him the only pleasure I chase and I can honestly say he's done that um, and it's not to say you know I, don't, I still struggle with sin I'm not like superhuman or anything but I, I truly I, I don't live in condemnation anymore and my main focus is to see God to truly know him and love him and um, I believe he's dealing with the rest and uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much my story <laughs> yeah well done yeah, we'll talk later. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk later. Cheers, cheers, guys. Isn't it just amazing how God uses specific moments in time as answers to prayers, how uh, Sandy's persistent prayers with her friends were answered by student camp in 2019 that Josh attended. And we've got student camp coming up. So my question to you is, who are you praying for that they will attend student camp? And who are you praying for as they go to student camp? And what an awesome opportunity to pray faithful prayers and see God answer them as a whole bunch of students go out to the Karoo in Easter, uh, on Easter this year. Now let's hear from a few of our younger One Hopers. What happened today with your prayer? Um, I prayed in the car yeah. and um, I thought Sam wouldn't be here and then he did come. Yeah. What did you pray for? Sam to come. To come where? To come to school. And then I went to school and I didn't see him for quite a bit. And then I found out him. And I and I said the thing. You know what I said. You really do. You really do. <laughs> and then did you have fun? Uh huh. And then how did you feel when Jesus answered your prayer? Lovely, great, nice. 
And then what did you say? I missed you, Sam, a lot. And did you say anything to Jesus? No. Didn't you say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. And how I did. Don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> Once we all prayed for a pool for like quite a few months, like 12-ish months, we were all really, really hoping for a pool, like a dug-in pool that we could get. Um, and then one day we went on holiday and then we came back and our neighbour was had taken out this huge big pool and we all went to look and he was offering it really cheaply. So we bought it and it was like a really properly nice pool and we put it in which was really, really amazing. Pretty much we came back from holiday and we got a pool really cheap. Morning One Hope, um, I just want to share with you something that's really helped me to learn to pray. Bring the real you to meet the real God. Bring the real you to meet the real God. Um, and what I mean by that is don't edit yourself. Don't feel this pressure to come before God with an edited version of yourself, of your heart, um, that you think is more acceptable to him than, than what you are. Um, because that is actually a form of self-righteousness and it's the opposite of the gospel. It's actually a hindrance to prayer. Uh, and the best thing that we can do in learning to pray uh, is begin where you are. Um, and I want to read two scriptures to us this morning. The first, Matthew 11, verse 25. At that time... Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. And the second one is from Matthew 19, verse 13. Then children were brought to him, to Jesus, that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. Now, why does Jesus say that? Why does he encourage us to be like little children and to come to God like little children? And I think it's to do with this. It's the fact that little children don't know how to edit themselves. We've got little kids and I'm telling you, uh, if you've got little kids, you'll know this. Children don't bring an edited version of themselves. They tell you like it is. They ask for what they want unashamedly, unabashedly. And that's the way they are. Um, they don't come on the basis of what they can bring to the table. They come on the basis of I'm your child, you're my father or my mother, and I need something from you, and I trust that you are good enough and loving enough to give it to me. Um, and that's the heart with which I believe we need to approach prayer. And this is something that is, has really been helping me um, in terms of my own struggle with self-righteousness and with this need to bring an edited version of myself, a more righteous version of myself, to, to come and, and um, somehow deal with my, my sin problem um, by faking a, a heart that's, that's not actually real. Um, and so I think just realizing the gospel of grace, that God accepts us not based on our righteousness, not on our ability to pray amazing prayers, not on our ability to, to understand everything and our, our theological 
um, depth and wisdom as, as important as these things are. God doesn't accept us on the basis of these things. God accepts us on the basis of Christ's atoning sacrifice, on, on the finished work of Jesus on the cross, on his death and resurrection. And, and it's when we come looking not at ourselves and not what's in us, but we come looking to God, ha- having seen what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that we can come with boldness and with faith and begin to really pray and, and ask God for what's on our hearts. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, knowing that that God is not embarrassed by our prayers. He's not irritated by our prayers, even though we may ask for things that are immature or, you know, we're still growing in our understanding of, of what we even need to ask for. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit to help us. But don't be ashamed and embarrassed and afraid to begin where you are. The most important thing is to start praying. I want to just encourage you with these words from Paul Miller, uh, this quote from Paul Miller, who wrote a book called A Praying Life, which has also really helped me um, in learning how to pray. He says, don't be embarrassed by how needy your heart is and how much it needs to cry out for grace. Just start praying. Remember, the point of Christianity isn't to learn a lot of truths so you don't need God anymore. We don't learn God in the abstract. We are drawn into his life. Become like a little child. Ask, believe, and yes, even play. When you stop trying to be an adult and get it right, prayer will just flow because God has done something remarkable. And that's my prayer that we would learn to pray like that, to bring our real heart to the real God. Bless you guys. How I learned to pray. Sure. Well, I'd have to go back quite a few years to my first prayer um, and how I grew from there. But um, it is a very specific prayer and I do remember it. Um, I grew up in a home that wasn't a Christian family and um, it was actually quite a dysfunctional home and alcohol abuse. And my father, that was quite a bully when he was drunk. And one evening, just hearing my sister crying in her bed, she was about four at the time, which would have made me 10. And um, just getting into bed with her, which was quite the norm, um, and putting my arms around her to comfort her. Um, And this specific night, just having a thought of, but who's going to hold me? Who's going to comfort me? Um, and just releasing that that breath, that thought, um, and in that moment, just being overwhelmed with an incredible peace, and it was as if someone took a blanket of feathers and just wrapped me in it, um, and just a peace that I, I distinctly remember. It was the beginning of a journey of of realizing that I wasn't alone, of knowing that there was a presence with me that. Um, was there to protect me um, and just knew me, just knew who I was. Um, And so I walked, not a very Christian lifestyle, but I walked my life the way I wanted to. Um, And only until my late 20s that I actually um, had a conviction of who I was and where I was going then again just questioning and and saying you know what 
uh, I need some direction. I need to know who the truth is. I, I need to know if it's Muhammad or Jesus or Catholicism or Judaism. Um, and who are you? You walk with me. You protect me. You're faithful when I'm unfaithful. You're trustworthy when I'm not trustworthy. Who are you? Um, and, you know, distinctly remembering, praying, specifically asking for the truth to stand up just being led by his spirit now I know and recognize that being led to a Presbyterian church where I gave my life to the Lord and then reading the Bible and discovering that you know the word in, in his word was confirmation of what I'd been living um, in reading Psalm 91 years later uh, verse 4 where it says he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge his truth shall be your shield and buckler. And I remember reading that and just thinking, oh, wow, this, you know, Lord Jesus, you were right there with me um, all the time. And it was you and you, you your word is truth. Um, and then also with, with John four, chapter 4, verse 16, where it says, um, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And realizing that I had asked for direction, I'd asked for the way, I'd asked for the truth. I wanted to know who the truth was and just discovering um, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth. And he gave me the life that I wanted to live, led me on his path and his direction. And through knowing Jesus, um, coming to know my heavenly father, where the world had stolen my earthly father, Jesus led me to my spiritual father and um, been lots of ups and downs and answered prayers and unanswered prayers and angry prayers and sad prayers but he has been faithful in all of them um, and for that I am so grateful and I trust in him. Wow, what a moving story uh, Michelle's was, just brought tears to my eyes and what wonderful prayer stories we've heard uh, from One Hopers this morning. It really reminds us of our eldest son who continually gives us his requests and trusts mm. that we are willing and able as his parents to answer those requests. And so wherever you find yourself this morning, whether you're far from God or you've been following him for a long time, uh, I want to challenge you. I want to ask you to risk it and pray this simple short prayer along with me this morning. Here it is. We're going to pray this prayer. God, if you're real and you are who all these people say you are, would you reveal yourself to me? So let's pray that prayer together now. Just that short, simple prayer. Let's pray together. You can close your eyes. God, if you're real and you are who all these people say you are, would you reveal yourself to me? Amen. I really trust that as you pray that prayer, God will reveal himself to you. So why don't we close now by sharing communion together and praying for one another. And then we can end by sharing stories of how God has used prayer in our lives. Awesome. It's been so great to be your host this morning. And what a great morning together, listening to stories of how God's used prayer in various of our One Hopers lives. We hope you have a great morning and a wonderful week ahead. Cheers.